Warning, the following episode contains spoilers for Luke Cage Season 2, as well as all of the Marvel Netflix shows. Hello, I'm Henry. And I'm Trey. And welcome to Marvelous, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Where we go through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe show by show, movie by movie, but not today! Because we have a special episode on Luke Cage Season 2! Yes, we do! Henry, how did you feel about this season? So as far as all the Netflix series go, Luke Cage has always been kind of in the middle for me, so I haven't really cared about him and his shows as much. And to be perfectly honest, this season was kind of like that. I think it was a lot more consistent than the last season, which definitely makes it better. But it wasn't amazing by any stretch to me. How about you? I really like Luke Cage season one. And I thought this season was good, but it didn't capture my interest as much as the first season. I think Cottonmouth was the big draw for me. And without him, like, there's interesting things that happen, but I don't really care that much about any of the characters except like shades (laughs) yeah and i guess i should clarify in season one of luke cage i really loved everything with cottonmouth but as soon as he was out of the picture my interest rapidly fell away (laughs) yeah the stuff with his brother was just not nearly as good it wasn't nearly as good but i was in by that point and i was addicted and i still enjoyed it enough to like the first season (laughs) yeah But in this season, we get Bushmaster. Trey, how do you feel about Bushmaster? He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's a really interesting character, and I really like the idea of, oh, you can't beat him with bullets? Well, if I could just kick his ass like normal, sure, I'll just kick his ass like normal. And that first fight that they have is just really cool, and I liked all their fight scenes in the season. I didn't feel that way at all. (laughs) I mean, his character is cool, and there's a lot of interesting backstory and intriguing elements to the whole, like, Jamaicans versus Stokes family dynamics from the past. It was a lot of interesting context for Mariah and all the Stokes family and all that. But the fight scenes themselves, I didn't think were interesting at all. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have emphasized the fight scenes as much. Although, they were cooler than last season, because one of my major complaints about last season is... Everyone just keeps shooting Luke. He just keeps walking through it. La-di-da, cool. At least this season, they tried to be more interesting, like someone who can actually stand up to Luke fist-to-fist without hammer tech. Someone throwing a grenade at him, and he just, like, grabs it and covers it, and that's fine. Or people trying to light him on fire or asphyxiate him. Like, people are learning how to deal with him. Yeah. I also thought Bushmaster was dragged out a little too much, because... I feel like every time he got in a confrontation, we saw him get badly hurt and then need to take a bunch of time to heal, and they focused a bunch on him healing, and then it would just happen again, and the same thing would happen again, and we'd have to watch him heal, and it just kept doing that, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, and all the Marvel Netflix shows have the same problem, where they're just drawn out a little bit too long. Even my favorite season, Jessica Jones Season 1, had the same issue with Kilgrave. I just wish these seasons were a little bit shorter. Yeah, and... Plot-wise, I don't even know if that's true for this season, because I did think they took it in interesting directions. Like, when Episode nine happened, and it seemed like the final confrontation between Bushmaster and Luke Cage, like, that totally could have been the end. And I was like, why are we still continuing after this? But then the next episode kind of changed my mind by completely turning the tables and making it more about Mariah turning evil. And all of a sudden it was like a completely different show about taking down Mariah rather than taking down Bushmaster. But his lingering stuff in the background was, it it was a little extra. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting to see Mariah, who still had shades of light in here, I suppose fall completely to the darkness. And that's the first time I've really liked Mariah's character, because the entire first season, and for all of this season, until we get to that point in episode 9, when she's, like, basically destroying her daughter's heart by saying, I never loved you because you were a product of rape when I was destroyed. Like, I didn't like her before that, but from that moment on, I was like, I'm really on board with the direction your character is going as a villain. (laughs) 
Yeah, and for me, it was when she was talking to Luke and saying that he was the only person she could rely on because no one around her can be trusted, but he would always save her no matter what. Yeah, that was an interesting dynamic as well. Though I do think the pacing, like just touching back on your previous point about the Netflix shows being slightly too long, I think the pacing of this season was very noticeably slow for a lot of it in like an unnecessary way. And part of the thing that made it so noticeable was how much time they spent just showing bands playing music. (laughs) Yeah, though I always liked the music in Luke Cage. I feel like that's one of its strongest points and something that highlights it among the Marvel Netflix shows. Did you actually like the music in this season? Yeah. I didn't know you liked music like that. I kind of don't, actually, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But... For the atmosphere and themes they were going for, they resonated with me. I liked it. I definitely can see how it is a directorial artistic choice. And I can see how it would work really well for some viewers who are like really into that kind of vibe. For me personally, though, I don't like that kind of music. And every time I see bands come on screen, I tend to lose focus in the show because I'm like well I don't care about what's happening for this like scene so every time they did that I would just get really distracted and lose interest and they would do it for like two minutes at a time and I'm just like why are we still watching this band yeah I can understand that and I know sometimes the music would be playing while other things were happening and sometimes the music would be playing just on its own and I actually found it really distracting while other things were happening same (laughs) so i actually preferred when it was just the band yeah and like that's because when other things were happening i would be like paying attention interested and the second the band showed up my brain would be like oh well you don't care about this turn off brain but then the other things would come back and i would just keep getting so distracted and like wait i'm supposed to be paying attention okay it was hard (laughs) for me (laughs) I feel like Luke Cage is kind of similar to the Guardians in the sense of where music is just really important to the story for the atmosphere and for everything that's going on. So I guess that's why I liked it. But I just remember one scene really sticking out to me was this music playing for a while. And then you just see like Luke walking in slow motion outside. And then like he's literally being dragged around on a sled or something because like his body isn't moving, but he is moving through New York, which... I thought was an interesting cinematic choice. And that particular scene, I didn't really like. I don't know what you're talking about. It it was just a tiny little scene that stood out to me. (laughs) All right. The music wasn't done this way in the first season, though, was it? I think it was, but I haven't watched it since it came out, so I don't remember the details. It definitely didn't stand out to me in the first season the way that it stood out to me in this one. But I don't know, maybe it's because I wasn't as captured by this season as the first one. Possibly, yeah. This season was also, like, the most ripe with references to the other Netflix shows that we've ever gotten. (laughs) Oh, yeah, which I really appreciate because that's, like, something as a Marvel fan I love is it's nice that the shows can be watched without watching each other, but I love when they are actually building on each other. Like, we had Colleen hanging out with Misty, and we had Foggy coming around, and Danny was in an episode, and Danny was helping out, like, getting Misty her new arm, and, like, they're talking about stuff that happened in Defenders, and I like the interconnectedness. I like them not forgetting the history of these characters. Yes, though, it would definitely make it a lot harder for people to watch this show if they haven't seen Defenders. Yeah, though, how much in Defenders really mattered other than... He knows Danny and Misty lost an arm. Well, pretty much all the characters they referenced and brought in, like Colleen and Jessica and Danny and everything Claire was talking about with him about those characters and Danny Rand's company and all this stuff. Like, I don't think you would understand anything in like half those conversations if you hadn't seen Defenders and you didn't know what Rand Enterprises was or like who these characters are. I guess so. Although I wouldn't consider Jessica the same since a lot of the Jessica stuff was actually from Jessica Jones season one, not from Defenders. However, they mention Daredevil and what happened to him at the end of Defenders, which there's no way you would know if you hadn't watched that show. 
Yeah, but it was certainly interesting seeing just how interconnected the show suddenly was, because I think it's the only show that's referenced all of the other shows. Well, with the exception of Punisher. Yeah, which is unfortunate, because I love Punisher. (laughs) And we also got Turk have his cameo as well, since he's the new Claire. Um, Yeah, and I like that they finally acknowledge the fact that Claire's in all of the shows, except Punisher. Yeah, though it was done in a way where Luke was mad at her for it, which was a little weird. Yeah, their whole interaction this season was odd. I thought how overbearing she was about him and his father was kind of weird and off-putting. But I guess it's because she has some secret family history that just gets hinted at before she runs off with how horrible her relationship with her dad was and that she was never able to talk to him before he died. And then she just runs off and I figured she'd come back before the end and then she doesn't. Well, they mention her coming back, but then he's like, tell her to go home and we don't see her. Yeah, because I guess he's a villain now? That seemed... So much stuff happened in the finale, and I don't understand why, and I don't know why he's, I guess, a villain now. I don't know. I don't think he's a villain now. I think that's a stretch. He's your friendly neighborhood gangster king. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just trying to stop time? I don't really understand, like, why they try to show him as, like, so corrupt and evil from his nest in Harlem's paradise. Like, all he did was be kind of evil to stop the gangster lords but isn't that it does he have to do more he's not like running crime or anything is he i don't know yeah it was weird because it seemed like the way to stop the killing was just to restrict their sections to like outside his city like you can only do your drug things out of here and i don't think that makes him evil and that's all we saw that he did so it's weird that they're like you can't stay at pop shop you talk to drug criminals you made a deal that they have to stay out of our city like i don't i don't i don't understand but he was really shady in that situation since he like broke one of their person's fingers one by one and that's like pretty dark for luke yeah i guess so also i was really confused why The lawyer offered him Harlem's Paradise, and he's like, no, you should burn it to the ground. And then the next thing we see is him in Harlem's Paradise running it. I'm like, what? Why'd you say that? (laughs) Yeah, like, I understand that he could have had a change of heart, and he realized that he can't burn down the gangster infrastructure in Harlem, or else there will just be a void filled with violence or something. But... Why did they show that? Why did they jump straight to him being the king of Harlem's Paradise? Yeah, it was weird. The last episode is just so rushed. I That could have been half the season, all of that content. I agree. And that's why I'm surprised that they didn't end the season with Mariah being arrested and then have, like, the whole third season be the town is in chaos because she's in jail and she's dealing with all of this violence in prison and they have to deal with that and Luke turning to the dark side and all this stuff seems like it could have at least taken up half of the next season. I agree. Although it would have been odd to finish Tilda's arc in like the very beginning of season three. I just wish the first half of this season was shortened since the Bushmaster stuff was drawn out more than it should have been. If we like cut out two episodes then and added them on to the end and stretched out that last episode to be three, I think that would have worked a lot better. Maybe, but I do think Luke and Bushmaster did have some good scenes um, throughout the rest of the plot. Yeah, like some of the scenes when they were working together were pretty interesting. And I thought all the scenes of people saying, oh yeah, you're like the same as him didn't make a whole lot of sense. But some of their interactions were pretty cool, especially when they needed to work together. Yeah, they were. I mean, the comparison between Bushmaster and Luke, I was like, why are you suddenly shoehorning this in? It doesn't really seem to make sense because Bushmaster's crazy and killing everyone. And I don't understand this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I was more referring to when they were on opposite sides at the beginning of the season, like through the midway point. And they kept fighting and Bushmaster okay that scene on the bridge when they were like fighting hand to hand and Bushmaster was losing so he 
uses that like paralysis dust and tosses Luke into the ocean. Pocket sand. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I actually thought that was really cool until they literally show Luke while he's like still holding his breath suddenly is not paralyzed anymore and is just able to leave. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. Luke breaks the rules. I don't really understand how he did that, but I'm glad he's not dead. It just didn't make any sense from a writing standpoint or anything, because they're just like, I'm paralyzed, I can't move, but the second that I'm drowning and, like, should be dying, I'm just going to suddenly be able to move. Yeah. That really bothered me. (laughs) It was odd, but it was kind of cool to see a really good way to kill Luke, in theory, even though it failed. That's the thing, though. It made it seem like a not good way to kill Luke because he got out of it for no reason at all. Yeah. And I was like, this would have been way easier if you just had someone fish him out of the water and save him. Like, that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, I was guessing this was going to be when Danny joined into the picture. Yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) Well, not till later. (laughs) Yeah. But it was interesting seeing them work together. Although, I don't know. It felt very odd, just the constant like, oh yeah, we're working together right now, but if I ever see you try to hurt anyone again, like, I will kill you, and then the next time they see each other, oh yeah, I'll help you, let's work together, but you can't kill anyone this time. And then the next time, it's, I should let Bushmaster kill Mariah, because she deserves to die and she will just hurt more people. But she knows I can't stand by if other people will be caught in the crossfire. And this is, like, the last fight between Mariah and Bushmaster in the season. Yeah. But then Bushmaster just goes straight upstairs to Mariah. No one is even being caught in the crossfire. And he goes and (laughs) saves her anyway? How does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. I I felt the same. It was very strange. (laughs) I figured they were going to fight in the middle of Harlem's Paradise, but that made that whole bunker scene before not make sense. So, all right. Cool. Yeah, some weird, some weird groundwork laid here that doesn't quite justify the end, I think. Yeah. For several of these things, but oh well. (laughs) It's fine. I do like that we've gone this far without even mentioning Misty yet. (laughs) Well, her whole story is kind of separate. Yeah, I suppose, but it's just so weird how... Throughout the entire season, we kind of keep getting hints that she's going to become the new chief of the police department down in Harlem. But throughout the season, she's being a really horrible cop and detective. Like, she's constantly breaking the rules. She almost plants evidence. Her superiors are completely fed up with her. Like, I understand she's a great detective and she's great at recreating crime scenes in her head, but she doesn't seem like she deserves to be the chief at all. Yeah, I agree. Though also the whole police scene with like all of her comrades just being complete assholes to her just because she lost her arm. Like, I didn't think any of that made much sense. It was pretty weird. And like, one thing that was like extra weird about it was like some of them making jokes about it. But it's like, she lost her arm and duty. Like, One character that really threw me off for the whole season was Nandi, like her old friend from high school basketball or whatever, who was super bitchy at first. And then once Howard died, she was really nice to Misty. But then she betrays them all and tries to kill Mariah by telling Bushmaster where she was. Like, why are all the cops in this show horrible people except for like Nandi's partner? Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Nandi's partner should be the boss. He's the only, like, kind, normal, sane detective in the show. Yeah, I hated Nandi so much. Like, I don't even know why she was necessary. I started to like her once she started being nice to Misty when Rittenhauer died. Because what I saw was, alright, things are getting serious. We can put the shit behind us. Like, now that we've been attacked ourselves... Misty, I do trust you. I know that you're the best we've got. I was jealous of you. Let's work together. You're going to be our leader since you're the most senior detective right now and we haven't had a replacement yet. And as soon as she, like, took it all seriously like that, I grew to like her a bit more. And then she betrayed everyone. (laughs) 
I mean, that was definitely her at her most likable, but I just couldn't get over the entire season how unnecessarily cruel she was being for, like, no reason at all. Yeah. And then also, like, at the very end when they were catching her, when she was about to get off on the jet, and she, like, tries to fight them off, that was just silly. It was, and I think the writers were like, we need to show Misty taking her down as, like, revenge for all of her cruelty. But it was silly. (laughs) Yeah. It was interesting, though. But very silly. But I just don't see any of the cops acting like that. Like, if your comrade loses an arm in duty, but still wants to work, everyone's not just suddenly going to be super cruel to you and, like condescending and making jokes at your expense and being like how dare you try to work and get in our business and i i just couldn't handle any of that because i'm like i don't think any of this is realistic at all yeah like at the beginning of the season i can understand people feeling bad for her and maybe awkward around her because she lost an arm yeah but it's still admirable and no one should be rude about it except for the lawyer who's just rude to anyone who isn't his client he's hilarious (laughs) Oh my god, I do not like him. (laughs) He's a good villainy character to me. I like how he is just so bloodthirsty and cruel to anyone who's not his client. Yeah. He's fitting. Sure. (laughs) Um, But while we're on Misty, I guess we should talk about how she was struggling with being armless at first. And then Colleen comes in and helps her to overcome that by basically saying, you're not helpless, you can still do it with the arm you've got, and, like, letting her handle the situation without jumping in. That was a cool scene. Like, that whole scene at the bar where Colleen's just, like, chilling at the bar while Misty's beating some people up. And then she notices Misty needs a little backup, so she takes out one guy. Yeah. It's really funny to me that the Iron Fist characters are just so much better in everything outside of Iron Fist. I like Danny and Colleen so much more in this show than in Iron Fist. I agree with half of that assessment because I hated them in Defenders. But in this show, I was like, these characters are the best I've ever seen them. (laughs) Okay, I don't really remember what I thought of Colleen in Defenders. I remember her getting pushed off to the side so that we could focus on the main Defenders. But I remember liking Danny a lot in The Defenders. But anyways, this scene with Colleen was cool. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah. And Misty also gets her metal arm from Rand Enterprises. Which she learns how to use in five seconds because that makes sense. Yeah. She's already, like, fighting fit. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess it makes her extra strong because that's how physics. Apparently, yeah. (laughs) Now she's another Winter Soldier. I I guess. (laughs) Even though her arm looks a little bit more like a prosthetic instead of a weird metal thingy. I I guess, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that, okay? I have to be honest, it felt a little awkward throughout the whole season just, like, constantly mentioning Danny and Rand Enterprises without showing them, and then going to Rand Enterprises and still not showing Danny, but then Danny comes in outside of Rand Enterprises. It It felt a little disjointed and weird to me. It was a little weird how much he was being referenced before actually showing up. Yeah, and I would have thought the one place he would show up was at his own building. (laughs) Yeah, I also expected him to be in more than one episode after how much he had been hyped up before the show came out. Me too, and it honestly seems kind of weird that he wasn't in more because the end of episode 10... Or, like, all of episode 10, they're just looking for Bushmaster, and Danny's like, yeah, I'm here to help you out. And then he just, like, leaves before they find Bushmaster and never comes back. Yeah. And he also mentioned that Claire sent him over, which is weird because that reinforced the idea that Claire would actually have some kind of substantial scenes later in the season and then doesn't. Yeah. I do have to say, though, that I really liked the episode with Danny. Which is absolutely shocking to me because I have hated every moment that he's ever been on screen before this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I liked it a lot too. And I think they like, they took his immature whiny character and made him into a completely different character that's suddenly mature, like wise, able to banter with Luke and like fight with him and actually be cool. I'm like... You're suddenly likable. This is so good. I, I really hope you can be likable in your season two of your own show. <laughs> yeah, and he actually acknowledges his faults from the previous seasons. 
Yeah. So here's to hoping that that continues. I hope so. I also really liked that they continued the silliness of Luke won't believe that he fought a dragon. Yeah. You live in a world of superheroes, and this guy is from a mystical land. Is it that hard? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Plus, he got a haircut, (laughs) so he's like, I look good now. (laughs) Oh. I didn't even notice. Oh, you didn't notice his haircut? (laughs) I didn't remember what he looked like before, I guess. He had long hair. Okay. Long, curly curls. All right. Luke's hair looked good in this season. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh my god, they made so many coffee jokes this season. So many. Everyone wants Luke Cage. Yeah, that was a little much. <laughs> it might be an old lady, it might be an Italian mobster boss. Everyone wants Luke Cage. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, another character we've mentioned briefly is Tilda in this season. Yeah. Do you like her? Not really. I kind of liked her at first, and the idea of her... But her motivations always kind of confused me and her morality. Like, at first I thought she was good and then she wasn't and then she's the last Stokes or she killed the last Stokes. I don't really understand. She could have told Luke what was going on with Bushmaster a lot earlier. It was just really confusing to me, to be honest. I wasn't confused by it, but for the longest time her character was just like the straight character to Mariah's dark side. And I just thought it was kind of boring because her whole character was like, I'm good. That is my character. I am good. And then near the end, she's like, oh, well, my mom did these bad things, so I'll help Bushmaster, which she kind of got a little more interesting. And then... And then she killed her mom. (laughs) And then she killed her mom, which is fine. (laughs) It, It was just odd. Like, she just never really... Seemed like that type? Not necessarily... To me, she never seemed to stay as one type for me to, like, accept her as that type. Like, Mariah, throughout the season, started with a little light in her, and it died, and she just went full evil, and we really saw the transition. Tilda and her motivations and her confusion around her mom, I understand, but it just never really allowed me to figure out what the real her is. Yeah. So... It just confused me. Fair. Yeah. The part that I thought was the most strange was that she, like, couldn't believe that her mom gave the club to Luke Cage. And I'm like, you literally killed her, so I don't really care about you right now in this. Yeah. (laughs) And she was so mad about it. Like, do you care? (laughs) Like, they, I guess they were showing that she cared because she was into the music. And she's like, I guess I do belong here, after what Mariah had said. But... It's like, you literally killed your mom. You don't really deserve the club anyway, so... Yeah, although the will was written before that. No, it wasn't. Well, I mean... Before Mariah knew she was killed by Tilda, yes. (laughs) It was written after she was acting weird, though. True. That scene was like the final touch of, what is going on with Tilda? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And another quick thing about Tilda is... It was really convenient that she was into holistic medicine, exactly what Bushmaster needed for his powers. What a great way to tie her in. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. I really do like the uh, Mariah side of their relationship, though, because she basically grows a lot from Tilda being there. To the point where she actually comes to a point of claiming the Stokes name because she's honest with herself about where she came from with all of the abuse and the rape and everything her family has put her through and decides this is who I am and I don't need to love you and I don't love you. And she actually like, it seemed like a way of her claiming her power, even though that power was like the evil power of the Stokes. I thought that was some really interesting growth. That's really interesting because I didn't actually connect that to Tilda, but I guess Tilda was really the only thing holding her to the Dillard name. Yeah, and the Dillard name was such a fantasy because it was her husband that she held up as this ideal who apparently is just a gay man that isn't the father of her daughter. And she was just like, I'm trying to be this good person to represent the Dillard name. And then she realizes, I'm not a Dillard. I'm a fucking Stokes. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, 
from that point forward, I mean, she slaughters all the Jamaicans to call out Bushmaster. It was a lot, but it like it was so evil that it was really interesting to watch, though. <laughs> Can I just really quickly mention that the fire effects in that scene were awful? <laughs> when the Jamaican uncle guy, who is such a cool character, and I really liked him when he was dying, it just threw me off so much by how bad the effects were that I was just totally disconnected from the scene as soon as that happened. And I was happy Mariah shot him. <laughs> I did not notice that at all. <laughs> oh, it killed me. I hated it. <laughs> I know that fire effects are difficult to create, but they can do so much better than that. Or at least just cut away if they're going to be that bad. Ugh. All right. Um. I hated it. <laughs> Anyways, I was a little sad that they ended her reign, like, even though I haven't really liked most of her character that we've had to watch on screen, so, like, I'm fine with that part going away. The actually more interesting, darker sides of her character, I thought we would get more of than we did, because she, like, finally reached this point of being this crucial villain, and I'm honestly surprised that they killed her so quickly after that. I agree, but I guess it's because Dark Mariah, uh, I guess I should say Black Mariah, couldn't last. Like, once she goes full evil, they were able to catch her more easily. Because even Shades wouldn't follow her anymore. Yeah, and I get that. Speaking of Shades, I really liked him. <laughs> yeah, he was really good in this season. And his whole arc with Comanche was really interesting. I loved Comanche throughout the entire season where he's, like, trying to convince Shades to betray Mariah. Also, his first scene where he's like, that pussy must be ridiculous. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's not usually my kind of humor, but that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I also really was surprised by the direction they took with the whole Shades and Chi romance in prison, but I really liked that as well, because it was, like, the reason why they had such a deeper bond. It was, like, they were boyfriends. Were they? Did you miss that? I thought Mariah was just calling him gay, not that they actually had a relationship. They talked about it. Him and she. About their relationship? Yeah. They, like, talked about their relationship in prison and how he, like, couldn't change how he felt. And Shades was like, that's just not me. That was, like, like how people are in college. Like, now that I'm out in the real world, like, this is me. I'm not that and she was like well i still feel that way and shades was like i'm sorry it's not gonna happen oh i marathon the first episodes a lot faster than the later ones like i watched the first like chunk really fast and then the rest i watched one by one like one a day so i guess i missed it a bit that is sad yeah i feel bad now oh man <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, like, I still got that the relationship was super, super close. I just didn't get that dimension of it. Yeah, no, they were boyfriends in prison. Ah. And she, ah, she okay. was, she was in love with him still, which is why he had such a problem with Mariah. Okay. That especially makes sense as to why he shot Rittenhauer once he was caught by Shades. Yeah. And why Shades was still, like, so hurt after shooting Chi. Well, I mean, they were like brothers since they were kids, so I didn't think it needed an extra level. But yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I did really like this because media is starting to stray into that realm of sexual fluidity and like things like this can happen. And the fact that Shades is still straight after the experience, like I'm okay with that because it suggests a more open mind of a straight man than like normal because he actually went through with doing that but he also thought he was in love with him at the time so yeah and it just leads to just more three-dimensional and complex relationships that mimic the real world a lot more like i have friends who identify as gay and lesbian like one of my lesbian friends had a boyfriend for a year and that's the only guy she has ever dated probably will ever date it was just this weird surprising thing and that's what the real world is like Labeling yourself by one sexual identity isn't that important because life is more complex than that. Yeah. So that was something I really appreciated in this season and was not expecting at all from Shades. <laughs> oh, man. I feel so bad that I missed that. Uh, I need to get more sleep, man. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but then that's also what led to Shades turning on Mariah because Mariah started insulting Chi. And since Shades was all still wounded from having to kill his closest friend and past lover, (laughs) he like took it out of Mariah and then realized that he's taken this bitch down. (laughs) Yeah, also her killing the innocent people. That was important, too. Well, yeah, but that was like the last straw was she was insulting Chi and then he's like, that's why he choked her and then left. Yeah, though. Oh, my God. His interrogation scene in the police station. I didn't realize how dark it was going to get because I thought like, okay, maybe he's kind of turning a new leaf. Like he's going to be helpful and nicer to the cops. But no, he was like, yeah, I'm evil. Let me tell you about all the evil shit I've done. <laughs> yeah, and that was weird. I w- that scene really caught me off guard. And I don't know, the acting, or maybe it was the directorial choice, but just having him be super smiley and happy about all the people that he's killed and that they've worked to kill, and while telling them about Chi and all that, I don't know, it was... It was weird. I didn't like it, and I don't think it would have been what it was. It was weird, and yeah, it didn't really fit the context, because he's like, all right, Mariah's gone too far. I need to take her down. And he's like, let me start at the beginning of Luke Cage season one, because we want to fill in all the stuff that happened previously as well. Yes, while bragging and acting like I am very happy about all the people I have killed. Mwahaha. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, especially when he came in, because he's like, yo... She killed innocent people. That was my line. Like, yeah, let's get down to business. We need to take her out. It seemed like it should have been more serious of a scene instead of like, I'm the villain. I'm bragging to you, police. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But then Mariah goes to jail. Indeed. And she like immediately kills someone. Well, to be fair, they were trying to kill her. Well, not the last person that she killed. Never mind. Yeah, because she wanted to be the queen, man. I She stepped up in yeah, prison. Yeah, that's how it works. So, makes sense. I mean, I don't know if it's how it works in real life, but it's how it would work in, like, this gang lord. <laughs> yeah, in reality. superhero land, this is how prison works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> she then continues her murder spree by killing everyone who ever worked for her. Even Alex. I couldn't believe she killed Alex. She liked him. She's so nice. I like Alex. Come on, man. What's wrong with you? I didn't even know he really even knew that much about the dark side until he appeared a little bit more frequently during this season. Yeah. And honestly, like, he went to Tilda for help, and she's just like, I'm not going to help you. But then at the second her mom kills him, she goes to talk to her mom. She could have helped him. Yeah. And he died, like, a few minutes later. <laughs> That's so... <laughs> it's just sad. And again, another one of those things where it's like, Tilda, what are you doing? Like, I understand you want to be separated from your mom, but like, this sweet boy, this sweet Alex, he's asking for help. (laughs) You're the only one he could count on. Which, I honestly don't know why he didn't go to Luke Cage. Or the police! (laughs) What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe because they would have forced him to testify? Yeah, but also, they were killing all the people that would be witnesses against Mariah... But isn't that in itself evidence against Mariah? Also, if all the people that Mariah uses for killing people were killed, who was killing these guys? Yeah. The Chinese mobsters? I mean, I guess the idea was that Ben hired someone. I guess so. But, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I did like the Big Ben joke. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. He was so emasculated. Yeah. Also, the fact that she left Sugar alive when he was, like, the one that betrayed her first was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was weird. I also wasn't sure if that was on purpose or just no one got him. I remember her mentioning him, but I don't remember if she mentioned him being spared or being killed. She mentioned him being spared. She said, kill everyone except yourself, because attorney-client privilege, and Sugar, because his wife gave me clothes. Oh, that scene confused me because I wasn't sure... If she was saying, don't kill him because he helped me, or saying, kill him extra hard because he saw me as weak. Nope. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. That makes more sense now. (laughs) Even though he could still testify, that makes no sense. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. 
Mostly because he betrayed her first. Like, he's like, I'm walking away, I don't care if she kills me. Yeah. So, he's the one that got spared, I don't know, it, it's, whatever. <laughs> I like Sugar, though, and I really like that we learned about his backstory. Like, he just became a much more interesting character. Yeah. Like, we learned how he got his name. We did? Yeah, the reason why he was called Sugar is because he was the super popular guy in high school, like, the football champion like everyone wanted him so that's why he was sugar okay i don't even think that's a good reason for that name Uh (laughs) i don't know man i just appreciated his backstory and it made him a much more interesting character and i really like that he was one of the people that was willing to admit that even though mariah died and she was evil he still liked her and he still really appreciated what mariah and cottonmouth did for him yeah also just the crazy gang warfare that happened after she went to prison. Like, at first I thought that she... Instigated it? Yeah, I thought that she was making it happen so they'd have to let her out. That's what I Me thought too. was happening. Same. And then it turned out that they were just going against her, even though they just paid her millions of dollars to get into her business. I'm like, that seems strange. I agree. It was odd. Again, too rushed of a last episode. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I still cannot believe how much happened in that last episode. It's mind-blowing. That whole episode could have been a whole season. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, that should have been season three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes me really interested to know what they're going to do for season three. I mean, Luke's going to be evil, so it's like, what's it going to be? Like, other defenders convince him to be good? I don't know. Yeah, and it's like, he's not really evil either, so... Yeah. It's it's just weird. It would be cool to see, like, Defenders Civil War, like, Luke and Punisher versus the other three or something. I, I, I don't like that idea. Yeah, as soon as I said it, I'm like, oh, that actually sounds awful, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the characters interact more, but there's no good villain I can see for the Defenders that wouldn't make sense for the Avengers to step in, so it's complicated. Yeah. that You can't really do the hand again, and they shouldn't have really done it a first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm sure they could come up with something that would just face, like, the street-level stuff of New York. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty. And isn't Elektra still around? Oh, I think we don't actually know, because the last thing we saw was the building collapsing on Elektra and Daredevil, and then Daredevil was shown in a bed alive. Yeah, in some church or something. So I'm assuming she's alive. I don't know, yeah. Because we just never saw her. (laughs) Yeah, and she's still the Black Sky or whatever, so she can still do stuff. I feel like I've been waiting for Daredevil Season 3 for so long, because the outside world felt pretty stagnant in, like, these other seasons, because I felt like... It couldn't move forward because everyone was just still claiming that Matt was dead. Even though by the end of this season, I didn't feel like that. Like, when it was starting, I was like, I feel like we just need to see what's happening with Daredevil. Because all these characters from his show, like Foggy and Karen, are still just like, he's dead. I don't know. It seems like we're missing something. Like, we we need the next chapter to move the rest of the universe. I agree. And it's also extra complicated because of Infinity War. And, like, there is a set point in time they can't go past right now. Yeah. So I guess all these shows are happening, like, two years ago. I don't know. Maybe not two years. The entire Netflix show timeline is a bit confusing. And it's probably been retconned since they moved totally. forward with the movies. <laughs> yeah. They have become very disjointed. Yeah. But they mentioned the big green guy in this season. Why can't they just say the Hulk? I don't know. It's so infuriating to me. Yeah. yeah also reference to last season of luke cage and the mcu in general hammer tech i know i mentioned it before but we got more why was luke cage able to survive the bullet was it literally just because they put him in the vat for longer like claire said in the beginning of the season is that it he's just extra strong now that it was their explanation i really want to see him fight jessica jones again because he seems like way way above her now yeah i mean he was above her the first time she just got the better of him by giving him a concussion with a shotgun to his chin from what i remember jessica was stronger than him he just had more defense 
And he was just willing to do anything, and she didn't want to actually hurt him. But now, I think she couldn't stand up to him in any way. I think he has stronger offense and defense now. Yeah, they definitely seem to have upped his power level since then. Yeah, I'm hoping Jessica Jones Season 3, they have a little bit more power stuff since Season 2 didn't really. She needs to fly! That'd be weird. I hope they don't make her fly, since flight is a little bit more fantastical and not really fitting for the Marvel Netflix setting. Well, she's like the weakest defender right now, so I kind of want her to get more. (laughs) I suppose, though Daredevil and Iron Fist's power levels are kind of confusing. True. Anyways, (laughs) we'll find out in the future. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about Luke Cage? I think that's it. I liked his interactions with his dad, I suppose. His dad seemed very wise, and although he was an awful father, you can see that he really was trying to improve. And it's a shame that the actor died, because that probably was going to be a major part of season three, and convincing him to be less of a butt face. Yeah, I didn't like his dad. I mean, I could see that they were trying to show how he'd changed, but every time he talked to Luke, there was always some hint that he hadn't. Yeah. It was interesting, though, like Jessica Jones, how it was just very focused on family and parents and stuff. Yep. And the endlessly... I'm not sure why every show has to have this as a theme, but the person closest to the hero has to be like, you shouldn't be doing this. Everything you're doing is wrong. And I'm like, why can't we just not do this? (laughs) Yeah, like I understand at the end of the season he goes dark, but at the beginning he wasn't. Why was Claire freaking out? Yeah. It's not very fun to watch, and it keeps happening in like Daredevil shows and this one. and eh. Yeah, but in Daredevil it made way more sense because Matt Murdock was really being a dick to all of his friends and just being reckless to himself. So that was understandable. Luke was supposed to be the honorable good one. What happened? I disagree about Daredevil because all of his friends, like, being really annoying about him being Daredevil, I didn't think was warranted. And, like, I get that you care about him and stuff, but I don't care. (laughs) Be his friend and support him in being what he wants to be. Yeah. Plus, I really like his friends. I really like that Foggy keeps appearing everywhere because... Foggy's getting a lot of cameos and all of this stuff. Yes, he is. Now that he's his own lawyer and not tied to Matt Murdock, he can show up in things, I guess. Yeah, though he still seems super awkward and, like, not a good lawyer, which I thought he was supposed to actually be a good lawyer. Oh, so what's yeah. going on with that? Yeah, okay. That actually reminds me that that was another thing that bothered me <laughs> because <laughs> he's like, oh, well cockroach's word against yours even though he's faking his injuries and you know like a doctor's report would not show those injuries or anything we're just going to have to pay him because you're a black man and it's just your word right like this guy's a superhero that people love plus there was like the witness who called him to stop the abuser or like the abuse of the of his girlfriend and like this in like if this was jerry hogarth luke would be off right now Oh, yeah, for sure. So nothing that Foggy is saying really made sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Also, really quick reference. Piranha was funny, and his shrine to Luke that was kind of creepy was... That whole scene was really funny. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Piranha. (laughs) Oh, yeah. R.I.P. everyone. (laughs) So many decapitations. So many. Which is another thing that turned it a little weird that they were trying to make Bushmaster, like, good in the end, because he killed everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I like I really liked him and all the relationships he had with his family and how everyone he knew loved him, but he had this deep burning desire for vengeance that was causing all of this harm. Yeah. And in the end he just freaking goes back home and <laughs> doesn't even get it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> with like no good reason for why. And he used like Tilda's super nightshade juice and seemed to have no negative effect from that. Like, I thought he was going to die trying to kill Mariah or something. Same. Like, why even say, don't take it all at once, or these exact things will happen to you, and then he takes it all at once and nothing happens to him. Yeah, they never acknowledge it. Is it, Are they going to bring him back? Why would they bring him back? Mariah's dead. <laughs> like, what's the point? 
I can't imagine they would have left him alive for any reason but to bring him back. But I can't imagine any reason to bring him back, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they finished his story arc. He's seen the top of the hill, and it cost him everything, and he's done. Right. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Overall. I thought the season was good. I thought it was more consistently engaging than the previous one, but had a lower average because Cottonmouth was better. Yeah, and I also thought it was good. I thought episodes 9 through 11, with all the Mariah stuff and the climax of those plots and Danny's appearance, were the best of the season. Um, I agree. The rest of it was solid, though. I still prefer season 1, though. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess that's the end. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at MarvelousMCU. You can find us on Instagram at MarvelousMCUPodcast, or you can send us an email at MarvelousMCUPodcast at gmail.com. And wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it be iTunes, YouTube, whatever, please like, rate, subscribe, and review us, and share us to all of your fellow Marvel fans. It really is a big help to us. And if you like Deadpool, Spider-Man, or X-Men, we have a Patreon where we have already released an episode on Deadpool 2, and we will cover Spider-Man or X-Men next, depending on what people say they want to hear. So if you're interested in those, join Patreon. can be for as little as a dollar. And let us know what you would like us to cover next. Yep, joining us on Patreon would be super helpful and awesome. So thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time for another special on Ant-Man and the Wasp, which comes out next week.